Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on a just incredibly busy news day. The whole show out the window before it even starts because we just, uh, let me just uh, get into this Michael Cohen thing, which just happened. Trump's former attorney who minutes before we started recording, Joe was even in the car. Joe was like, what happened? Uh, took a guilty plea, a surprising guilty plea um, up in New York in federal courts, Trump law, Trump's lawyer. And the media is in a frenzy, as they always are, Joe. Uh, the left-wing media. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is it. We're here. It's over for Trump. Impeachment. It's- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I know I don't need to tell you this, but to the liberal Looney Tunes watching right now who are salivating, the foam is coming out of the mouth, they're grabbing their friends by the shoulders. This is it. It's here. It's here. Calm down. Everybody take a pill. Turn off the left-wing media. This is the 5,462nd time we've heard how this is it. Finally, they got him. I'm going to tell you what's really going on. If you know... And you've been following the show for the last two or three days. It probably already makes sense to you what's going on. As narratives are being introduced and are slowly collapsing, new ones are coming in to fill the narrative hole. Everybody chill. I got this for you. Don't worry. Uh, One quick correction on yesterday's show. uh, uh, Not slightly embarrassing. (laughs) An unbelievable show. We needed Jay's abacus yesterday. Yeah. There was a typo in Matt's piece about the taxes. The rich, the uh-huh. rich got a two point six percentage point tax, which is still less than the middle class. Not one point six. Thank you, there. And me and you were making fun of it. We're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I just read Matt's typo instead of looking at the numbers as I'm reading it. My fault. I'm not throwing Matt under the bus. Totally our fault. But it's, it doesn't matter. It's still our point is they still got a lesser percentage point tax cut. Than the middle class. So uh-huh. thank you for the six thousand emails we received yesterday. <laughs> As Joe and I are making fun of math, it's a stir. Hey, you gotta laugh at yourself sometimes. But thank you for the emails. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, let's get right to this. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Filter. <laughs> Filter by does not have a problem with basic math. Filter by is great <laughs> around the country. Uh-huh. Millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time, even down here in Florida. It's a little chilly down here. And then spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because they neglected to change out their air filters and their system failed, conked out. This costly mistake is completely avoidable by uh, regularly replacing the air filters at filterbuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options for your air uh, filtration system that ship free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, Filter Buy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement. You'll never forget to change your air filters again. That's the way to do it. No problems. It's so much easier than going to the hardware store having a special order filters. Plus, they work great and they're made in America. Filter Buy will save you time, money, and will help you breathe better. They like being on our show. They like talking to you. Please support companies that support us. That's filterby.com, filterbuy.com, filterby.com. Tell them Dan Bongino sent you. You can save energy costs and clean your lungs out. Yes! Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Here we go. Uh, yes, here we go. By the way, I have some good, some <laughs> insanely good news coming up very soon. I'll be able to, I haven't even told Joe yet, uh, but I can't, unfortunately, oh, nice. I don't mean to be teasy about it, but 
I can't uh, disclose it yet, but you're all going to like it a lot. I got some really good <laughs> stuff coming up. I'll tell you, uh, uh, Joe, after the show. Uh, but I promise you'll be the first oh, to hear thank here. you. Yeah, you go. Okay, uh, so here's what's really going on. It's desperation time for the Mueller team, okay? Uh, if you've been listening to the show for the last few days, you've seen a series of narratives being introduced through leaks. Who is leaking them? I don't know. I don't, I'm, you know, when I speculate, I'm telling you I'm speculating, and I'm doing that now because I'm not sure who is leaking them. But a series of questions and answers from the Mueller probe, I have that up at my website today. Uh, and Bongino.com and a bunch of really good articles, a series of questions and answers from the Trump team have leaked uh, a story about George Papadopoulos allegedly having some business dealings with a Russian uh, leaked uh, the Jerome Corsi stories. Uh, not so much of a leak. Corsi's been out there in the public. Um, the Manafort Assange story. Here's what I'm telling you. The Mueller probe is at the end. Um, Bob, Bob Mueller now realizes there's a significant Senate majority after Sidney High Smith's win in Mississippi. It is now a 53-47. You see, we got that math right. Nice. 53-47 Republican Senate majority. All of these things are related. Here's the bottom line. Mueller has nothing. He's never had anything. The collusion story is a myth. Mueller can't stand Donald Trump. He hates Donald Trump. Mueller needs Trump to go down. He desperately wants Trump to go down. He is hiding significant, significant stuff that the Obama administration did with regards to weaponized government. He's sweeping all of it under the curb and he needs to keep the attention on Trump. The problem is he doesn't have anything on Trump. So they're floating various narratives out there. People either, I'm not sure who's doing it. People leaked leaks from the probe, media people who are getting leaks from, from uh, deep state players who hate Donald Trump, but they're leaking stories to damage Trump, throwing the, you know, uh, throwing you know Jello up against the wall to see if something sticks. What it, are you tracking? This is really important. Mueller's team is trying yeah, to get yeah. this stuff out there to get the Trump team to make a misstep. So they're floating this stuff out there. What did we see on Monday? We saw the uh, Paul Manafort met with Julian Assange story. That leaks because it's desperation time. They're trying to get somebody, anybody on the Trump team to say, "Oh, they're coming for me next." Let me tell them the real collusion story. You know, yesterday's show confused some people. They lie. I got a lot of good feedback, but some people didn't get it. Today's show is very simple. The Mueller team or somebody associated with, or anti-Trump people in the media or the swamp are leaking stories to frighten the Trump team into submission to get somebody, anybody, anyone to come forward with a key piece of information indicating any criminality whatsoever on behalf of Donald Trump or his family. Hit the yes, panic button, Mueller baby. is in desperation time because once his special counsel investigation closes shop and the public pressure is getting overwhelming, they can't reopen again. There can be a new special counsel, but it's probably not going to be Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller can't stand this president. This guy has been hunting witches from the start. He has nothing. Please understand what I'm saying. There is no criminal liability on Donald Trump or his family with regards to this collusion thing at all. So they are floating various stories here. They're desperate to get someone to come forward. So what happened? What stories did they push and fell apart? Monday, they pushed the Manafort story. Why? Because Manafort was going to be the key to this whole Russian collusion thing. Manafort, don't you find it awfully coincidental, folks, that right around Monday or Tuesday, the story comes out that Manafort, the key player, according to 
to Bob Mueller's team, the key player to this Russian collusion scandal. I mean, who would know better than him, right, Joe? He was a, a senior-level campaign yeah. official with the Trump team. If there was Russian collusion during the campaign, surely Paul Manafort would have known about it. Do you find surely. it awfully coincidental that as a story leaks out about Manafort's failure to provide information to the Mueller probe that was valuable in a prosecution of Donald Trump, right? That all of a sudden the story leaks out. Paul Manafort met with Julian Assange about the leaked DNC emails. It's a pressure tactic. This is obvious. They're trying to pressure Manafort to change his mind. To test the lie. To come forward and say, okay, I admit it. Donald Trump uh, colluded, secretly met with the Russians to get Hillary's emails and impact the election. It's a pressure tactic. This is, it's so obvious. Now, what happened on Monday, on Tuesday? That didn't work. Why? The Manafort team, instead of coming out and saying, oh gosh, they got us now, Joe. They got us on this Assange leak. Now we're really in trouble. We better get out of this and we better go back to Bob Mueller and provide information about collusion that didn't happen. What did Manafort do? Both Manafort and Assange came back, basically told Mueller to go pound sand and threatened a million dollar, uh, put a million dollar bet out there and threatened a lawsuit to the Guardian newspaper that published this story saying, I never met with Assange. And Assange said, I never met with Manafort. So there you go. Pressure tactic number one to get someone to flip on Trump doesn't work. Why? There's nothing to flip on. There's nothing to flip on. There is nothing to flip on, folks. There's no flipperuski possible because there's no information to give. So now, yes, Mueller's, I can see Mueller. Oh, I need Trump. I need Trump. I need him. So I can see him in his office. I can see desperation time in his office. What happens next? Papadopoulos tries to withdraw his plea. It doesn't work. Now they know Papadopoulos will be out of prison in 14 days. Actually, 12 days, I think, now, since he reported uh, back uh, earlier in the week. When Papadopoulos is out of prison, he's free and clear to talk. So all of a sudden, we see a story leak today. Amazing. In other words, you better shut this guy, because now Papadopoulos is free and clear, Joe. When he gets out of prison, he's done. His legal obligations to the justice system are over. He is free to talk as any American citizen. He has a First Amendment right like anyone else. You don't think Bob Mueller's crap in his pants now that he knows he has no cudgel over Papadopoulos at all? He has no more sentencing, no more leniency, no nothing. He is now free and clear, Papadopoulos, to talk. So what do we see again? We see this morning. This is why this is all coming out. It's desperation time. A leaked story. Uh, An informant, an anonymous informant said George Papadopoulos had a business dealing with the Russians that was going to make him very rich. I, I, I said, I don't know, folks. Maybe when George gets out of prison, we'll have him back on the show and we'll ask him what it's about. I don't know about the deal, but don't you find it awfully suspicious that a year and a half of investing, actually two years of investigating George Papadopoulos have produced zero evidence of any corrupt business dealings with Russia. Remember, he was charged with false statements, nothing to do with a Russian business deal at all. That all of a sudden, this story leaks out after the Manafort story leaks out and after both of them refuse to cooperate any further with the Mueller probe and one on the counterattack. You don't, listen to me, liberal idiots out there. I'm sorry to be rude, but I mean this. You don't find that oddly coincidental. Manafort tells him to go pound sand. A story leaks. Oh, Manafort met with Assange. Manafort, instead of coming back and cooperating, doubles down. No, I didn't meet with Assange. Matter of fact, I'm going to sue the newspaper. 
Papadopoulos, I don't want to do this 14 days in jail. I'm rescinding my plea. Doesn't work. Judge says go to jail. Now, Mueller's crystal clear. Papadopoulos is going to get out and is probably going to talk and tell people what really happened. So what do they do? A story leaks out. Hey, there's some Russian out there. Says you had a business deal with Russians. In other words, Joe, what are they saying to Papadopoulos? You better shut your pie hole, your soup cooler when you get out of prison, right? That's exactly what's going on. So now, (laughs) this is all failing. This is all falling apart. They thought they had Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone. Roger Stone, who um, is, uh, I don't even know what it is, Republican strategist. I don't know how to describe. And Corsi, who's an author. I don't know these guys. I met Stone once. I talked to him for about two minutes while I was getting a car at an event in Florida. I don't know him. I've never met, excuse me, Jerome Corsi. But Corsi and Stone, who were uh, the allegations by Mueller that they were coordinating some WikiLeaks release of damaging information on, uh, on Mrs. Clinton and the DNC. Mueller's investigating them. Now, instead of them folding and giving information, you see the tactic? Hard pressure, threats of bankruptcy, threats of prison time. You guys better talk to us about collusion. Nobody's doing it because there's no collusion. Instead of Corsi and Stone folding, just like Manafort and Papadopoulos refused to fold, right? What happened? Corsi went on TV and so did Roger Stone and said, no, we're going to fight this. Matter of fact, Corsi's lawyer is filing a complaint with the Department of Justice about Mueller. Joe, do you have the Corsi thing? Yeah, man, I got it. This is Jerome Corsi in an interview explaining what he thinks is going on with Bob Mueller. These are not legitimate investigatorial techniques. Donald Trump's right to call this a witch hunt. I've experienced it firsthand for 40 hours, and I'm angry about it, and I'm going to file a criminal complaint against the Department of Justice and Mueller. I'm going to send it to Whitaker. My lawyers are preparing it right now. Unfortunately, I have to file it with the Department of Justice, who are... And I'm going to charge today that Mueller and the Department of Justice are political criminals. Do you believe that Robert Mueller and his team are coercing witnesses to provide false testimony by using these tactics of imprisonment, bankrupting them in legal fees? Do you believe people are their arms are being twisted to provide false and misleading testimony on behalf of Mueller and his team with these tactics? 100 percent. Yes. And I've experienced it personally. And that's why I'm angry. You get it. Does that explain it? Here's what's going on. They are threatening bankrupting legal fees and continued elite of the United States government special counsel litigation against an American citizens innocent of any collusion who have nothing to do with this. Folks, their entire case is crap. Their allegations that Corsi and Stone have somehow colluded with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks to release the emails are being vigorously denied by both of them who claim repeatedly they have had no contact with Assange about these emails. I don't know if they did or if they didn't. I'm just telling you, if the case was open and shut, Joe, you already would have seen criminal charges based on collusion, conspiracy, a conspiracy and based on Russian collusion. You haven't seen that. Nobody's been charged with that. Now, The pressure tactics, they're getting desperate. This Cohen move today, getting back to this, is clear as day. A couple of things about this that you should take away from this. When did this surprise appearance happen? Where did it happen? The when first. So I told you it was after a bunch of other desperate narratives fell apart. 
get Manafort to fold. Manafort's mm-hmm. telling us he's not going to cooperate. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos isn't going to, he's going to start talking. He's not cooperating either. All right, let's get Corsi to cooperate. Corsi's not only not cooperating, he's on Fox News and other cable outlets and other news outlets telling Mueller to go pound sand. Wow, we're in trouble. All right, <laughs> let's go back to Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is Trump's lawyer, form, Trump's former lawyer. Let's go back and put the squeeze on Michael Cohen. Think about it. If anybody was going to snap, it'd be that guy. <laughs> That's probably what they think. Now, they have a real <laughs> problem with Cohen. What's the problem the Mueller team has with Cohen, Joe? I'm going to get to the when and the why and stuff in a minute, but here's, here's the issue the Mueller team has with Cohen. Before they can use Cohen right. as a witness against the Trump team in their phantom collusion. From ABC News. In a public statement released in September of 2017, in advance of his closed session on Capitol Hill, Cohen said, quote, he had nothing to do with any Russian involvement in our electoral process. And he said, quote, I never saw anything, not a hint of anything that demonstrated President Trump's involvement in Russian interference in our election or any form of collusion. He also said about the dossier, which the whole case was based on, that the dossier was, quote, riddled with total falsehoods and intentionally salacious allegations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your star witness. Liberals, again, get out of your cocoon, you foaming at the mouth lunatics. This is your star witness now? Manafort was your star witness on Monday. He met with Assange. That story's been been widely refuted now by Assange, Manafort, and everyone else. Papadopoulos was your star witness. He now gave you the middle finger. Corsi was going to be your witness. Corsi now is on the news filing uh, charges against Mueller. And now what are they back to? Cohen, the star witness, who is on the record under oath saying repeatedly there's no evidence that this didn't happen and that this, this dossier is total garbage. This is the best you can do? Yeah, I remember Cohen yes, when you he do, did that. Yes, you do, because we talked about I remember it. that. Because yeah. we were six months yeah. ahead of the news cycle warning everyone yep, that yep, this yep. was going to happen. Now, now does it make sense why they had to get Cohen into the court today to get Cohen to plead guilty to making false statements? Now, you don't have to be, you know, uh, F. Lee Bailey uh, to figure out what's going. You don't have to be Matlock to figure out what's going on here. The Mueller investigation is dead in the water. They have no evidence of collusion. They have nothing but process crimes, fibs, taxi cab confessions from Cohen. They have nothing. As each witness they thought was going to be their, 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 their golden ticket has collapsed. They are moving on and they now apparently in a desperation mode rush Cohen into court. Why is what Cordy went to significant? Joe, this court, this was a plea. This was a plea deal. Um, uh, he went out and pled guilty today as he took this new plea deal. Right. Cohen, this is important, not to the Southern District charges. This were to, this was the special counsel charges. Okay, but it may be a little confusing, but oh, it's important. Okay. Mueller's yeah. edict from the beginning was to investigate charges related to Russian collusion. Anything not related to the collusion scheme had to be farmed out of the special counsel office, special counsel's office, excuse me, right back into the standard federal justice system, right? The prior mm-hmm. charges they had on Cohen, which he pled to before, were pled to in the Southern District, not under the jurisdiction of the special counsel, meaning 
that Cohen's charges to the, what was it, the tax stuff and the taxi cab medallion stuff and all yeah. this other garbage, that it may yeah. have been criminal, as they're alleging, but had nothing at all to do with Trump or collusion. Why do we know that? Because it, the special counsel referred it out. The special counsel right. handles collusion. If it's not collusion, they send it back into the federal system, which is what they did with Cohen. The fact that he took a plea today to charges levied by the special counsel's office is significant because it says again that Mueller is bringing them back into the collusion side, despite the fact that Cohen's on the record saying I have nothing to do with the collusion side. You, you, oh, this is so bad. I cannot believe how many normally rational, sane people are being suckered by this. You farmed the case out to Southern District months ago because you basically said this had nothing to do with collusion. And now, after all of your other witnesses collapsed, Manafort, Corsi, Papadopoulos, everyone else has collapsed. Mike Flynn, none of these people are cooperating with you because there's nothing to cooperate on. Now, all of a sudden, hurry, rush, let's get him back into court on our stuff. And let's get him to plead guilty to what, Joe? False statements. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they have to, this is where they're going to be in deep trouble. They have to establish that the storyline he stuck to before, there was no collusion. I just read you the quotes. Cohen, I'm talking about. There's no collusion and the, the uh, dossier's crap and it's unverified nonsense. They have to establish now that that was a lie. Why? Obviously, because if Cohen said before there's no collusion and the dossier's garbage, and that's what Mueller's case is based on, they've got to get Cohen to say, oh, I was lying about that. Joe, what's the problem with that? Let me ask you a simple question. You're a lawyer, right, Joe? Yes, Do I am. Do you want Dan. your star witness on the stand who's already admitted in court to being a known liar? Just that you're not a lawyer, correct? Okay. No, well, I was a lawyer. Up, I played one on TV today. Give, I'm not a lawyer Give us now. your <laughs> best legal advice. Do you want your star witness on the stand telling the defense in a cross-examination, yes, I'm a known liar. I've lied repeatedly about Donald Trump in the past. J just a question for you. No, I don't, Dan. No, I don't. Of want course him there. you don't. And he's not a lawyer, Joe. Of course you don't. No, you I'm want not. your guy on the stand to be, have a reputation for credibility and honesty. You don't want your star witness in the case to be to uh, be up on the stand saying, "Yes, when I said there was no collusion in the past, and I said the dossier was garbage, I was actually lying." Let me circle back now to the beginning where I started. What was the lead of the story? What's the headline for the Dan Bongino show today? To all my uh, folks out there who, who write for me and stuff. Mueller is desperate. Desperate. Who the heck puts on the stand or uses as their main witness a guy who has debunked, spoke out against, and testified under oath against your entire purpose for being? Collusion. Mueller's only purpose for existing is Russian collusion. Everything else has to be farmed out. They bring a guy back in now as their star witness who has already said the collusion thing is a hoax and the dossier is garbage. What does that tell you if you are a normal, sane, non-TDS infected individual? Man, the lifeboat! Man, the lifeboat! Yes, he's got, the guy's got nothing. He has zero. <laughs> He has nothing. He has no witnesses. He has no evidence. And he's relying exclusively on the word now of Trump's former attorney who has already lied and pled guilty to lying under oath. Folks, 
please, I'm begging you to save yourselves the drama and the hysteria from your friends. Please spread this show around today. I, I Just tell your liberal friends and the TDS Trump derangement syndrome infected brains of, of your of your anti-Trump, never Trump liberal friends that they are reading this thing again for the umpteenth thousandth time the wrong way. We have heard over and over. This is it. This is the end impeachment. It's over. It's over. It's every single time they fall on their face. The takeaway is this. He has to be desperate. How do we know it? Because his star witness is a guy who's already lied under oath about the whole essence for the case collusion in the dossier. He's already lied about it. This is the best you've got. This is the best you've got. Pathetic how many people are falling into this trap. So stupid. I really, I get frustrated dealing, dealing with the stupidity out there. I've been, I've been sending out like social media stuff and Twitter stuff all day, just hammering these liberal goofballs who fall into this trap every time. I don't even want to turn off Fox right now. Because I to see the salivating like it's twenty eight days later, the uh. zombies from twenty eight days later. It just it, you realize you look like idiots. You always fall on your face every time. This guy is completely not credible. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at We the People Holsters. This is a really great company. People send me photos of this stuff all the time. They're this is the be- they're the best holsters out there. They are beautifully designed. Uh, they are that th- you can adjust the cant, you can adjust the ride. They are comfortable. You know, I uh, had an in-the-pants holster for a long time, but I bought one out of like the cheap buff stores, you know, like $10 or something like that. And it was made of that really uncomfortable fabric. It wasn't adjustable. And, you know, you're sitting there, whether you're in a movie theater and you're sitting down, you have your firearm there, and it's really uncomfortable. It's rubbing up against that, uh, you know, iliac crest in your hip or against the side of your hip. And it's really, you're like, oh my gosh, this is really annoying, even with these compacts and subcompacts. So we the people figured out a better way to do it. They measure their holsters to precisely fit individual firearms. It's not some generic one-size-fits-all because the one-size-fits-all ones fit none of them. They fit horribly. They design their own holsters in-house. They are beautiful. These are gorgeous holsters. You have to see them. For the price, you are not going to be able to beat I'm going to give you a price in a minute. You're going to love it. This is incredible. They design them in-house. They use. They don't use third-party molds. They design them to precision. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride. You can adjust the tension. None of that's possible with these cheapo in-the-pants holsters you get off the shelves. They change their designs every month. They have the Constitution uh, on. They have the thin red line, the thin blue line. They have a camo holster. It's absolutely beautiful. Go check them out. Uh, they priced at just $34. They come with a lifetime guarantee, and they ship free. But, 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 check this out. If you go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. I'm trying to do that movie uh, trailer guy. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. You go to that website and you enter promo code Dan, you'll get $10 off. What does that mean for you? It means the most beautiful, efficient, comfortable holsters you will ever have in your life are available to you for just $24. They, they, they have their new models coming out all the time. They are precision fit to the firearm you have now, and they are gorgeous to look at. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, enter promo code Dan, you'll get $10 off your first holster. Go check it out. You will not regret it. Okay. Sorry for the sniffles. It actually is a little chilly down here in Florida today, surprisingly. I mean, chilly, you're probably like, we hate you, Budgie. You know, what is it, 60? 
No, it actually was cold this morning. It was like 50 degrees, and uh, I'm not really used to it anymore. Yeah, freezing. So um, a couple other things uh, uh, moving on from the Cohen thing. So just leave it at that. It's a desperation move. Everybody take a chill pill. Cohen is not credible at all. He's already debunked this thing himself under oath multiple times. You don't want your witness on the stand as a known liar. No, he already pled. He's clearly pled today to making false statements. This is the best they've got. It's a desperation move. Having said that, I'm getting tired of the Democrats and us falling into their traps and their media narratives. Now, I know a lot of people who listen to the show who are, I'm going to probably get a lot of feedback on this, and it's okay. Uh, some may be positive, some may be negative, but I'm, you know, I'm not here to avoid controversial issues. There's a growing conversation out there, uh, pro and con, about the merits of pardoning Paul Manafort. Now, I don't know Paul Manafort. I've never met Paul Manafort. I've read some of the, <clears throat> and he's pled guilty. So let's be clear on that, that there are obviously some crimes here he believes he committed. He pled guilty. Um, I believe, and I think many people who've uh, studied uh, the case, I, I mean, we literally wrote a book. By the way, thanks to everyone who bought the book. It's down to number 30 on Amazon right now. My book, Spygate. So <laughs> thank you. You guys are awesome and ladies out there. Go pick it up if you want to read the real details of this, Manafort and everything. So here's the thing with Manafort. It, it, whatever crimes he committed, I believe, Joe. The investigation happened as a result of him joining the Trump team. In other words, whether the crimes happened or not, the investigation happened because of his political affiliation. And I believe as an American citizen and as an activist in the conservative community and a believer in big R rights in our Constitution, that the overall interests of our justice system supersede the microcosmic interests of them attacking Paul Manafort. What am I saying here in unnecessarily long terms? Manafort has to be pardoned. He has to be pardoned. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know him. He sounds, some of the stuff in there sounds a little strange. Not my typical way of doing business. I would not lobby for the people he did. I'm simply suggesting to you that regardless of the character flaws of Paul Manafort, to save our justice system, we have to absolutely disincentivize and and and, and fight back against politically based prosecutors. That makes sense, Joe? Yeah, yeah. They they are not. It's like you know, whatever. Uh, you know, Joe Jay walked a few years ago, and he admits to it. He probably did. Is that a crime? Yeah, I it think. is. It's a, well, it's you get it, but it's against the law. You're not supposed to jaywalk. But if someone came after Joe, a Democrat prosecutor, because he was a producer of the Dan Bongino show, yes, you can make the case as a liberal. Well, he broke the law. I'm making the case to you. This is not the way the law is supposed to function. We're supposed to investigate crimes, not people. You were targeting Joe because of his politics. You weren't targeting jaywalking because it was Joe. There's a big difference. They targeted Paul Manafort not because of his Farrah violations and the tax stuff he pled guilty to. They targeted Paul Manafort because of his association with Donald Trump. And that has to be vigorously counteracted. Folks, the media and the Democrat hacks are now fighting back in a a pre-narrative. This is what they do. They set up a pre-narrative in advance. They warn you what they're going to say if you pay attention. They're now going to claim if Trump pardons Manafort that it's obstruction of justice. Listen, I am giving the administration my best advice here for what it's worth. Do it now. Pardon this guy now. Something has to be done to rein in this out of control. They should have fired Manafort a long time ago. I'm excuse me, Mueller a long time ago. He is out of control. The guy has no morals or ethics. I'm going to cover a couple things about the Mueller probe. You may not know in a second here. He is entirely, completely out of control. This is not justice. This is a, this is third world, tyrannical police state nonsense that's going on. And listen to me. Everybody knows it. 
But the Democrats are so blinded by their hatred for Trump that they support Bob Mueller. That's why he's the most powerful man in America. He lives entirely outside of the justice system, the Constitution. He has no control over himself, his emotions, his attack for Donald Trump, his morals and ethics have gone out the window. He should have been fired a year ago. A year ago. He deserves to be fired now. But it's the time right now to fight back against these intimidating media tactics. In other words, what they're doing, Joe, to scare Trump off from pardoning Manafort. They're mm-hmm. saying now, oh, let me float this one out there. They're sitting in newsrooms going, what should we say about this? Let's put out a narrative and get some legal on and say, this could be impeachment for obstruction of justice. How? The president of the United States execu- uh, executing his constitutional, um, his constitutional authority to pardon people he believes were victims of an overreach in the justice system? The, to the legal analysts out there who are really dopey, and, and some of you are just downright stupid, I'm sorry. Um, you realize that's in the Constitution, that the president has the power to do that, right? You understand that. Now, you may respond back, well, the Congress has the power uh, to levy impeachment charges and the trial in the Senate. Fine. You go knock yourselves out on that. You have fun. But I'm telling you, I think it's worth the chance, folks. Do it now. Do it over the Christmas holiday. Get rid of this case. Uh, Mueller has completely stepped out of line. Now, it does. it's not going to absolve Manafort of legal liability, Joe. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because new charges could be filed, mm-hmm. number one. And secondly, charges can be filed at the state level. Uh, I, I know you know this, but the President of the United States cannot pardon people for state charges, only federal charges. Right. So Manafort's not in the clear. But it will send a message to the media and everyone else that we will not be intimidated by your tactics. We will not. My speech now up at the, I, I did down in Palm Beach this week has gone totally viral. It's closing in on a million, well over a million. It's up at the show notes saying, listen, when you see the scandal that happened that Mueller's covering up and you hear about it, it's in the show notes again today. It's I put it at the top. You will be devastated at the, the just the, the scandal we're looking at here. Pardon Manafort now. Pardon him now. We have got to take a stand. This Listen to me and listen clear, folks. This Mueller, ethically and morally, they live in a vacuum. They will not stop. Something has to give. Donald Trump has power, too. And that power is to pardon people. And that power is to fire Mueller and these investigators. It is time to take a stand. This will never, ever stop. Couple things about Mueller I need to remind you of. I've been uh, remiss the past few weeks. I covered this a few months ago, but there have been some more details. And based on the emails I've been getting about my speech that a lot of people seem to have enjoyed, some of them said, Dan, I listened to your show forever. And I guess I was forced to talk to, to sum it up in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Joe. I'm getting all these emails. So the people listen to the speech and they said, you know, I never heard it like that. I guess because the show we're in such detail sometimes that the big lead gets lost, mm. you know, uh, so read it and it'll make sense. But I haven't covered the Mueller plan C, as I refer to plan A was unmasking, spying on the Trump team that fell apart because of Mike Rogers. Plan B was the use of the FISA courts to spy on the Trump team. When Trump won the election, they had to implement plan C. And that's what I talk about in the speech, which is what clean up on aisle four. I call it Bob, bring in Bob Mueller to make all that stuff go away. Yeah. Who does Bob Mueller bring in to make all of the spying stuff and all this crap they pulled on the Trump team go away? I haven't covered this in a while. Let's cover some of the names, Joe. Yeah, here's one of his main lawyers and prosecutors in the case on the special counsel who was actively working to prosecute Trump. A guy by the name of Aaron Zebley, who was Mueller's old chief of staff. Okay, what's uh, what's so funny and suspicious about uh, uh, 
as Aaron Zebley. Aaron Zebley, folks. Yes. Represented who? Justin Cooper. Who's Justin Cooper? Justin Cooper. Yes, a special prosecutor on Mueller's team was the lawyer for Justin Cooper, the guy in the Clinton email case who is alleged to have destroyed Blackberries and assisted in setting up in the of the illegal server. Uh, what? Come again? Now does it make sense how Mueller was brought in for one reason? He, and I have an old Lee Smith story, a tablet mag from March in the show notes today. I want you to read. It talks about this. How Mueller's sole purpose is to cover Clinton malfeasance up by keeping the criminal attention on Donald Trump at all times. All times, even when there's no criminality. That's why they're panicking now with this Cohen story. They've got nothing. Gabish? So who do they bring in? People who are intimately familiar with the Clinton saga who can keep the attention away from Clinton and on Donald Trump. Lawyer number one, Aaron Zebley, who represented the guy alleged to have destroyed the Blackberries in the Clinton case. Wow. What of all the lawyers in the country, folks, Bob Mueller picks the lawyer who represented the Clinton guy involved in this, according to multiple reports. And you don't find that remotely suspicious. Joe, uh, just a question. How many lawyers? uh, Guesstimate. I mean, you think there are hundreds of lawyers, thousands of lawyers or more than hundreds of thousands of lawyers in the country? There's got to be more than hundreds of thousands of lawyers in this country. That is an, a fascinating demographic statistical analysis by you conducted in just seconds by Joe Ormacost. Right. There may be millions in the world. I have no idea. Of all, I don't know the number of lawyers. I'm just telling you, of all the lawyers in the country, Bob Mueller picks the guy. Did you know this? Who represented the Clinton team's guy who's alleged to have destroyed the Blackberries. You don't find that remotely suspicious, folks. Liberals are like, nah, that's no big deal. It's because you're idiots. That's why you say that. <laughs> if it was a... Democrat president being targeted by a Republican special counsel and the roles were reversed, you would be freaking out. But that's because you have no principles. That's why. Who's Mueller's other attorney on the team? Oh, Jeannie Ree, big donor to Democrat causes. So, so what? She donated to causes. What's the big deal? Oh, no, I'm not there. I just said that. It's just kind of a side note. Jeannie Ree represented someone back in 2015. Matter of fact, she represented an organization and a case being filed against him. What's that organization? Joe, the initials are CF, and it rhymes with Hinton Foundation. What do you think it is? Uh, that would be Clinton Foundation. Yes! Hey. Armacost hits it against guys. Uh, this guy's a darn genius. It's amazing. Oh. Jeannie Ree, the lawyer on the special counsel investigating Donald Trump, was a lawyer for the Clinton Foundation. Again, of all the lawyers in the country, you pick the guy who's involved with the guy who's alleged to have destroyed the Blackberries, and you pick the woman who was the actual lawyer for the Clinton Foundation. How about 20- that? <laughs> How about that? How about that? How about that? Crazy how that happened. And liberals think this is perfectly fine. Yeah. All the but folks, you know, last night I was thinking about how to talk about this. I had a good night last night. I'll leave it at that. Joe. Because I got to sleep a little late. (laughs) But I was thinking about afterwards how to talk about this. How to talk about this story. And I said, sometimes, I I thought, this is it. Folks, sometimes stupid is just stupid. I, I, I can't think of any other way to say this. In other words, there are people who are looking at this and they're like triple, quadruple, reverse psychologically analyzing it going, well, no, maybe this. Maybe Mueller 
is really going after the Clinton Foundation. So to go after the Clinton Foundation for the Russian collusion we think happened, which I, I write about in my book, that's a whole other topic. He appointed people connected to the Clinton space so that the convictions against the Clintons would be more credible. Folks, I'm not kidding. There are people who believe that. Joe, did, did that make sense? Even though it doesn't make sense, does the, does the logic, the, the illogic of it make what sense? What the hell is going on, on there? No, no, I'm telling you that. I'm not, not listen, I get everybody uh, has theories. I'm, it's fine. Right. But there are people out there who have hot washed this thing to death. Mm-hmm who are thinking illogically because they are desperate to believe that Mueller is acting in a morally and ethically upstanding way and he's a good guy. He is not a good guy. Sometimes what is, Joe, just is. Right. Mueller appointed Clinton lawyers because Mueller can't stand Donald Trump and he wanted to make sure Clinton was protected while Trump was prosecuted. It's as simple as that. Why are you reading into this anything different? What evidence do you have of that? I'm telling you, there are people out there who still believe this. They believe, no, no, no. He hired Clinton-related attorneys because he's going after Clinton, and therefore the Clintons will have no way to say it was politically based because their own attorneys went after him. Oh, my gosh. You believe? What evidence do you have that that is true? You're just making that up. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! She doesn't have the meatloaf. There's no meatloaf, Will. There's none. There's no meatloaf. What is, is. Sometimes stupid people who do really dumb stuff do stupid things. And it's just stupid. And the appointing of Clinton-based lawyers to attack Donald Trump after the Clintons and the Obama team spied on Donald Trump is what it is. It's a political effort to hide the Clinton malfeasance to attack Donald Trump. Why else would you hire these people? Stop reading into this. It's annoying. I'm just being honest. I read this stuff all day with no evidence whatsoever. People say that. Oh, Mueller's a good guy. Mueller's- he is not a good guy. Stop. Stop saying that. It is a stupid theory and it's annoying. Who else did he hire? Andrew Weissman, who's his lead investigator, right? Andrew Weissman, who is on emails congratulating Deputy Attorney General at the time, Sally Yates, for defying the Trump travel ban order. He's like, I admire you, Sally. You're the best. You're the greatest. This guy, Weissman, showed up at Hillary Clinton's uh, victory party. (laughs) Wasn't so much a victory party. But you get the point. Again, there are people, no, no, he hired Andy Weissman because it'll look better when they prosecute the Clintons. Oh my gosh, really? Can you be this dumb? That is not what's happening. He hired Weissman because Weissman is going to go after Trump because he hates Donald Trump. Who does Weissman also know? So I have a note here. Bob Mueller knows everyone and he picked Trump's political enemies for his team. That's the two takeaways. The picks, the legal picks on the special counsel were Trump's political enemies. Pure and simple to go after Trump. But secondly, Mueller's the best person to sweep the Spygate thing under the rug precisely because he knows all the players and has personal relationships with them. And Mueller doesn't want to be taken down either. Who better to protect the reputation of the Department of Justice or the FBI than a swampy insider like Mueller who's been there? I'm tired of this coddling of Mueller. 
He has shown no inclination to act morally or ethically in this case at all. I thank him for his service in this country in the United States military, and I mean that. But that does not give you a free get-out-of-jail card for free for the rest of your life for upending and destroying the entire justice system. I am sorry about that, buddy, but you do not get a pass. Mueller knows everyone. Why would he appoint Weissman as his lead prosecutor? Well, I told you the reason number two, because Weissman can't stand Trump and they want to go after Trump. They don't have collusion, as evidenced by their use of Cohen, the worst witness in the world in this case. Weissman knows everybody. Weissman was one of the lead lawyers on the Enron case. The Enron debacle, where they prosecuted a bunch of people and where legally the case became a disaster later on. Convictions were overturned. It was a total nightmare for the Justice Department. Who screwed that up? Andy Weissman. Andy Weissman, who was the FBI director at the time, Andrew Weissman, was working on that case. Oh, Bob Mueller. Ladies and gentlemen, Mueller knows everybody. Listen, it gets worse. Who was one of the other prosecutors? It all goes back to the Enron case. They all know each other. Who was one of the other prosecutors on the Enron case working with Andy Weissman? Why, Bob Mueller and, and the, uh, uh, was the FBI director, and they were screwing up the Enron case. Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer, the fixer, Obama's White House counsel during all of this. Literally, he, well, Catherine Rumler was Obama's lawyer in the White House while this whole Spygate scandal was going on. They're spying on the Trump team. Obama's former lawyer worked with Weissman on the Enron case. Ladies and gentlemen, they know each other. They're all connected. You may say, okay, so what? So Rumler worked with Weissman and became Obama's White House lawyer while all this Spygate stuff was going on that, that they're trying to sweep away. Who's the attorney for one of Rumler's cooperating witnesses in the case? The guy by the name of George Nader, who's been providing Joe evidence for this collusion fake narrative? Mm. Who's the lawyer for that cooperating witness? Catherine Rumler. Isn't that convenient? Obama's fixer back again, representing a client cooperating with Mueller on these fake collusion charges. Don't worry, Libs. It's all just a coincidence. Go back under your blankies with your s'mores and your internet pornography or whatever you do in your basement, you, you filthy slobs. You do that. Just blind yourselves to reality. Who else was on that Enron prosecution team with Andy Weissman? Lisa Monaco. Who's Lisa Monaco? Well, she was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. Who else was Lisa Monaco? What other role? Did, what other uh, shoes did she wear? Lisa Monaco was Obama's Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor inside the White House while this spying thing was going on. She knows Weissman. She knows Rumler. She clearly knows Obama. She was one of his closest advisors while this entire debacle was going on. Finally, who was the, one of the last guys to sign off in the Department of Justice on verifying the dossier that was not verified? In other words, this is true, even though it wasn't true. John Carlin. Who was that? He was the Department of Justice National Security Division head. Who else was John Carlin? He was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. So let me get this straight. Three Bob Mueller chiefs of staff are now either involved in this case, working to prosecute Trump, or were working with Obama when it happened. None of this is suspicious to you. So John Carlin, Bob Mueller's chief of staff at one point, was what the guy who signed off on the dossier in the Department of Justice. Oh, we'll make that go away, Johnny boy. Don't worry about that. 
Lisa Monaco, Bob Mueller's other chief of staff, was Obama's Homeland Security and counterterrorism advisor inside the White House when they were engaged in the spying operation? And Bob Mueller's buddy, Andy Weissman, worked with Catherine Rumler while Mueller worked with him at the FBI, Obama's White House counsel. Rumler's now representing a cooperator in this case. No, nothing to see here, folks. Don't you worry at all. Just uh, whistle Dixie right past the graveyard. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So stupid. These people are just suckers, man. All right. One final read. And I want to please don't go anywhere because it's really this final story is really important. Something else I think they're doing to cover their tracks that Lee Smith brings up in the piece. That's really going to. Bake your bagels. I don't know any other way to say it. Hey, if you're like me, and the list of uh, <laughs> the list of books you want to read, or those people suggesting books to read, is never ending and it's always expanding. Listen, you just don't have the time to read them all. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must reads once and for all. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements, so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes, all in your phone. It's really helpful. With Blinkist, you'll expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen anywhere. You can listen in your car. You can listen on your phone. You can listen in your headphones. You can listen while you're working if you, if you want to. But the Blinkist library is massive. They have timeless classics like Think and Grow Rich. They have Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations. They have good books by Nassim Taleb I really like. Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from the best of lists, so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. Five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Get started today. Hey, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist. That's like blink, like blinking your eyes. Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dan. That's Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Go check it out. You'll love it. Okay. Let me read to you something that's really disturbing that I haven't... uh, discussed in a while, but it's very important. During the speech uh, that I gave that that uh, people seem to enjoy, I mentioned at the end that there is a paper trail. and People are upset. They asked me about political prosecution, uh, uh, if people in the political realm, not political prosecutions, that's what's happening to Trump. They asked me if people in the political realm, Joe, uh, they thought people were going to go down. I Listen, I just answered honestly, folks. I, have, uh, you, you, I know a lot of people didn't like the answer, but I do think Comey's in a lot of trouble. I think a lot of the three-letter agency people are in trouble. I think Brent is in trouble. And I want to be crystal clear on this. I would love to see Hillary Clinton's role in this and Obama's and everyone else be exposed. Um, And I think it will be. I'm not sure, though, that there's going to be any kind of uh, of legal justice here. I wish I could give you a different answer. Uh, Listen, I explain in a little more detail in the speech. There may be, and I hope there is. Don't mistake what I think is going to happen for what I actually want to happen. You're, You're making a big mistake. There's a chasm there. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm not here to lie to you. And I'm basing that on the fact that the justice system, it's going to take years to clean out the swamp. But take some solace in this. There is the possibility that these, the players in this will go down. And the reason is there's a paper trail. I alluded to it before. There is a verification process to verify uh, p- paperwork that makes it into the FISA court. The dossier was part of that paperwork. I just discussed it before when I told you about John Carlin. It's called the Woods Procedure. In other words, there's a paper trail. People said the dossier was as simple as this. People said the dossier was true with the FBI, Joe, um, and, and in the DOJ. 
And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They signed the document saying it was true. They'd verified it, right? They didn't. Mm-hmm. There's that paper trail. There's the FISA court. Someone had to file official paperwork with the FISA court where they swore this information is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And it wasn't. It was fake. There's also, and this is important, there is also a money trail of people who were paid to provide information to the FBI. Oh, oh, who got paid? Halper, who got paid? Did spies get paid? How many spies did get paid? How much did they get paid? What kind of information did they trade in advance? This is really important stuff, folks. There mm-hmm. is a paper trail. Having said that, though, there is also a disappearing paper trail that is, uh, I mentioned a few months ago, but this is important because it, it may provide evidence of motive. Here's what I mean. Lee Smith's tablet mag piece, which is an older piece, but it's up in the show notes because it's worth your time. He says, and now intelligence and data experts believe that the CIA cloud, Joe, is how the Obama administration could have minimized its trail after unmasking U.S. persons. So again, if you listen to the speech, the original plan by the Obama team, the spy on the Trump team, was to basically just wiretap them through unmasking. Simple as that. Basically listen to them and unmask their identities, right? Right. But Joe, the volume of requests was historic. They had put in so many unmasking requests that people got suspicious. Remember the Susan Rice unmasking, Samantha Power? She say, now Samantha Power, the Obama UN ambassador said, I didn't ask for all these. They're all I didn't ask for all these unmaskings. Remember that, folks? They're all running away from it. Why? Because they know there's a paper trail of these unmasking requests that makes it look like the Obama administration had an unusual interest in players involved with the Trump team and their political opponents. Not just the Trump team, by the way. There may be others. Now, in order to minimize its footprint, remember the unmasking requests are are we we are are on record. We have those. But we don't have exactly all the data. Here's how they did it. This Intel official says this is how they minimized their paper trail. He says the NSA database, with its large and ongoing collection of electronic communications, basically emails and stuff, can be accessed through the NSA's cloud, said a former senior Intel official. The NSA, Joe, can audit it and find out if their analysts are violating rules. In other words, folks tapping into the NSA database against U.S. procedures and policies. In other words, spying on U.S. citizens. They can audit that. Mm -hmm. Ah, but it gets better. The NSA does not audit the CIA's cloud, folks, which is audited by the CIA's IT people and Amazon Web Services? What? Amazon Web Services employees who are given security clearances. Joe's got this look like his head turns like, yeah, really? Yeah, really. Oh, there are he, the uh, security, uh, the Intel official goes on. There are people in the CIA and the Office of Director of National Intelligence and the National Security Council who can who can move information from the NSA cloud, Joe, into the CIA cloud. That seems the likeliest scenario to explain how Obama officials first unmasked U.S. persons and then shared the information without leaving a trail that could be audited independently or immediately at every step. Folks, in other words, there is a keystroke trail at the NSA of exactly what they were looking for in that database of emails. 
was the Obama administration and their and their insiders, corrupted insiders, searching the NSA database for political information? And were they having people move that information into the CIA's cloud so that they could control it and not leave a paper trail? Now, there must be a paper trail of what was moved. Maybe not what was done after it was moved, but there has to be some form of a digital footprint about the information that was taken out of the NSA cloud into the CIA cloud, where it was only going to be audited inside and they could control it. Now, who controlled the CIA at the time, Joe? Johnny Boombots, John Brennan. Johnny Brennan. This is why I'm telling you, folks, I do think the three-letter players are going to go down. I think eventually Brennan is going to be in a world of trouble. I think Comey and McCabe, McCabe's already in a world of trouble. He's already been subjected to a grand jury. So that we already know. I think Stroke is in a world of trouble. I think Page is in a world of trouble. I think Jim Clapper, likewise. I think Sally Yates. I just am not sure the political will is there. Not Not with the Trump team, but with the Rhino Republicans to pressure enough people to look back at the Hillary team and her role in all of this. Folks, moving information into the CIA cloud so they can mess with it all they want. What does John Brennan know about that? I may uh, tweet him today and ask him. I may, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take a screenshot of this piece and ask John Brennan what he knows about the information moved from the NSA cloud to the CIA cloud and ask him if there's some kind of audit of that, if we can check that out. What do you think, folks? I think we should check that out, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, listen, uh, thanks again for tuning in. I, I don't mean to reiterate what happened. It was really important. Everybody just, please, relax with the Cohen stuff. The media is going to lose their minds like they always do. In a couple of days, it's going to come out that whatever, Cohen said that Trump had Russian vodka in 1988. He lied about that too. The guy's a discredited liar. He's already admitted to it. He's already said on the record that there's no collusion, that the dossier's fake. So just ask your liberal friends, what story's right? Cohen saying there's no dossier under oath or that there is a dossier under oath when he was offered something by the, the Mueller team. Which one's right? Is he a liar? He's not a liar because he just admitted to being a liar. Watch your liberal friends sit there perplexed. I don't know. I don't know how to defend it. Of course you don't because you're a snowflake and you don't know how to argue. And uh, please, if you don't mind, if you haven't ordered my book yet, I don't mean to keep hammering you with this, but we put a ton of work into it. Me, uh, Denise McAllister, Matt Palumbo. I would deeply, deeply appreciate if you'd pick it up. It is now number 30 on Amazon, which during the holiday season is really hard to do. Thanks to you. It lays out all of this stuff. It is a evergreen reference book. You can go back to like a police file and read over and over again. Go check it out. Uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, bookstores everywhere. Really appreciate it. All right, folks. Thanks a lot. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.